Welcome, everybody, into the Magic Weekly Podcast. Tuesday, March 2nd, I'm your host, Jake Chapman. The Magic uh, losers last night at the Amway Center to the Dallas Mavericks. 130-124, the final score. A very entertaining ball game, but ultimately, uh, Luka Doncic was the difference maker, as he tends to be. And Jalen Brunson, 24 points off that Mavericks bench. He was huge. Mavericks, 50 bench points in that game last night. But uh, another outing for Nikola Vucevic, where he was playing at an all-star level. 29 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists. Got help last night from Evan Fournier, 26 points on 8 of 13 shooting. Terrence Ross chips in 18 off the bench. Uh, but that Dallas offense, they just keep coming. And like I said, Luka, 33 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists in that game. Christophs Porzingis had a really rough first half. Got going in the second half, finishes with 17. Um, and then Jalen Brunson and Trey Burke um, off that Dallas bench, combined 35 points in that game last night. So the Magic scuffling, heading into the All-Star break, hopefully – able to take some days off, uh, get rested and healthy and come back for the second half because the schedule in the second half is an absolute monster for this Magic team. But you get healthy and you go out there and, and who knows what could happen. Uh, 13 and 22 at this point of the season, you got the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday at the Amway Center, 8 o'clock tip, 7.30 for the pregame. Um, and that'll take you into the All-Star break. So you get that win and, you know, you'll, you'll be, what, three and a half games out of a playoff bid uh, in the Eastern Conference, and but at the same token, you're about three and a half games from the seller in the Eastern Conference. So um, I, the first couple weeks out of the All-Star break, especially with the trade deadline coming up, uh, going to be very, I think, um, transformative, a, a, a very important span for this Magic team, this Magic franchise um, in general. And it's going to be really interesting around the league to see what the trade market looks like because of the play-in scenarios in each conference for the playoffs this year. I mean, 10 teams are going to be considered playoff teams in each conference. So you're not going to have a whole bunch of sellers, I don't think, um, heading in. And and you just look and, you know, the Magic right now, like I said, three games out of that 10 seed uh, in the Eastern Conference, but then three and a half games in front of the Detroit Pistons for the bottom of the Eastern Conference. So um, it's going to be real interesting to see how things sort of unfold over the next month or so. But the first thing's first, you got to get healthy. You got to get Aaron Gordon back. You got to get Cole Anthony back. Um, and then you go from there. But this team has not been able to, to keep their full complement of guys on the floor basically at any point this season. And I think that's probably played in uh, to some of the inconsistencies that you've seen. Hey, Magic fans, the Florida Department of Transportation reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. And my guest for the program this week, Magic Assistant General Manager Matt Lloyd. And Matt, I always love catching up. The last time we talked uh, was sometime middle of the summer as, as you were preparing for the draft. And it's funny, anytime this goes back, anytime I've interviewed an assistant general manager, a scout, anybody in basketball operations, um, this goes back to, to Detroit. Uh, when I've talked to you, when I've talked to Pete here, going back to Detroit, I used to talk to Stan and, and Jeff Bauer and Brian Wright a lot. I, I always, the first thing I always say, like, it's a natural inclination. I know it's a busy time of year for you, so thanks for taking the time. It's never not a busy time of year when you're Matt Lloyd, isn't it? Uh, that's, that's hilarious. I, I really appreciate the, the chance to be here, Jake. Um, it's, uh, it, I'm never busy enough to be a part of the uh, Orlando Magic Audio Network, so oh, I'm, right. I'm always very grateful. <laughs> um, what is this time of year like? I know, you know. Uh, you did a great piece with Josh Robbins. Josh did a great piece uh, interviewing you. And I know that, you know, now you, I mean, we're going on a year now since you guys have been out actually scouting in buildings. Like it must feel like this is, 
I hate to use the phrase the new normal, but it, it must feel like this is just kind of the way it's going to be. Eventually, you're going to be able to get out uh, and get into gyms and see games the way um, the way you, you've grown accustomed to. But are you are you accustomed to now? Are you used to now doing everything remotely and, and via video? Yeah, it's it's actually been an, a great opportunity to you know adjust the kind of some of the the things that we get so used to doing things in a in one format and in one way and we've had to take this time to be creative, innovative, um, and look at things from a different angle. And that, that opportunity has afforded us a way to look at things going forward um, with more efficiency and, and more, um, you know, we've, the utilization of technology and, and our ability to, to do things remotely has been, our, our communication level is, you know, from, from the, the scouts and, and from our processes and, and, that, and, that, and those sort of things have really been enhanced you know, so the, uh, the great opportunity to go out and, and see guys and, and put eyes on them, um, we're going to be better at our jobs because of this. And, and I'm convinced of that. And we've, um, we've taken this year to, we've really lost a step. We haven't really lost a step. It's been, it's been a great adventure and, and preparing for the draft, preparing for the trade deadline, preparing for free agency, all that sort of thing is just kind of um, business as usual. Anybody that I've known in, in your field, Matt, um, and you mentioned this to Josh as well, the getting there and being in arena when you see guys come out for their warmups is like, a, it's a really sort of underrated aspect of it, isn't it? With seeing how serious they take it. Are they goofing off? Maybe being able to talk to an assistant coach or, you know, I, I mean, you guys go so in depth. You're talking uh, when you're at colleges, you're talking to trainers and, and equipment managers and things like that. Is that really what's missing? Is that, is that the big component that you're not able to wrap your hands around right now? Yeah, and, and it's, we've replicated it and, and we've attempted to replace it by, with just more volume and, yeah. and more volume being, you know, we can take now a college game um, that maybe we, we had to travel to and then you get, your, you get the rental car and then you get to the hotel and then you check in and then you get ready and then you drive over to the arena and then you watch the game and then you drive back to the hotel and then you fly on to the next spot. So as opposed to doing that, we're, we're able to watch like four games a day you know, three games a day, um, uh, cut up on video. And so the volume has replaced that a lot of it. They'll never be, um, they'll never be a replacement for getting eyes on a guy yeah. and, and really seeing the guy in person. And, um, we will get that opportunity at some point, um, in the pre-draft process, I'm convinced of it. And maybe even here later in the season, uh, as we get a little bit, um, sit more safely, uh, uh, able to travel, but at the same time, you know, we've done a good job of, of replacing it via volume and, and volume is, is really, really important as well. So video and um, we're going to get the, those chances to see guys in person and we'll be able to get all those um, relationships with, with college coaches and stuff. They'll, they'll, all that stuff will pay off uh, as, we, as we near the draft. Can you set cameras up and get video of guys going through warmups? Is that, is that something that happens? Hey, I, someone might do that eventually. I, I, I don't know. Right now, that's not uh, something that happens, but, but who knows? You know, we're seeing this explosion in technology, and, and, and I'm sure that we'll get to there at some, at some point. 1994, you broke into the league, right, with the Bulls. Can you imagine a pandemic in 1994? What happens then? Oh, my gosh. That would have been a disaster because, uh, you know, we were de still de – and, and the kids won't know what this is, but we were still dealing with VCR tapes back then and <laughs> boxes and boxes and walls of VCR tapes. So, 
who knows what would have happened then? Oh man, that would have been fascinating. I wanted to ask you about, because, okay, so you're, um, you have your hands in every bit of scouting, right? International pro and college. How do you watch magic games? Like, like what did you watch last night or are you so, you know, so tied up with everything else going on that it's almost like your work is done when the actual Orlando magic take the floor? That is such a great question. Last night was the first magic game. I didn't watch um, like uh, in real time. Well, you skipped all all season because I went out to the, um, the G league bubble and uh, watched the G league games. And, and so last night was the first one all year and uh, so I watch, I watch them all, like, eventually. When I'm traveling and stuff, I watch the cut-ups. I watch the minutes. I watch, you know, taking out all the commercials and that sort of thing. Um, but this year, it's been a great opportunity to, to really recalibrate and reconnect with the team and, and really know what our strengths are, our weaknesses are, and how, you know, my – how scouting and how our group can really um, – help Jeff and John make those decisions to make the team better. So it's been, yeah, that has been another great opportunity this year. Yeah. And but that's, but that's been kind of a change. Like, cause I could see where if you do what you do, you know, if you're watching last night, you're almost watching the nets. Cause you know, who, who, who is on our team, right? Yeah. Like at some point, you know, you, all that information you have in house and, and what you need to do is figure out who else is out there. Not necessarily who else is, is in here. Yeah, and the great challenge about watching the Magic games is not making it kind of an emotional situation, you know, and, and you get so emotionally wrapped up because you want the players to succeed, you want the coaches to succeed, you want the organization to succeed, and um, watching those games in real time and, and, and being there live, you know, you get kind of wrapped up in it in the, in the moment. Um, so I don't really like, you know, like the scouting eye maybe gets turned off a little bit during the Magic games, and you're just kind of trying to watch our team and, and – Look for chance, look for opportunities, look for growth, and and look for ways that that you can help. Um, and then it turns off when you go watch a G League game or you watch a college game on video, and and then you're really being critical and 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 studying. That's funny. I grew up in Cleveland, and it it wasn't long after, and I came to the Magic in '06 as an intern, and then I left and I came back. But it wasn't long after um, working as radio producer for about a year. And people would ask me, and this was back when LeBron was in Cleveland the first time, uh, and we had Dwight, and so, you know, the two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And people would ask me, oh, you, you know, you grew up a Cavs fan. Are you not a Cavs fan anymore? And I'm like, it takes about a month of working for an organization and go- doing the day-to-day and being emotionally invested in a team before you become a fan of that team. And I'm not sure people can fully understand that, but even from a broadcasting perspective, I mean, I have to control my emotions on the air at halftime and postgame uh, because you are so emotionally invested in it. And you, and you do, I have to like turn it off as we're coming back out of a commercial break because I don't want to sound like a fan. I need to try to be, um, you know, an objective broadcaster, but it's difficult. Yeah, and, and it's it's just the the um, that's one of the best things about working in pro sports yes. is that you know you're there on a on a night to night basis and the players are fighting and and they're um, they're trying to win and they're and they're giving it all. The coaches put all some all this time into it and and in preparation and you want them to succeed and and you want to play your part in in helping them succeed. It's 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 the best part about working in pro sports. Here's another good example. Dante and I were talking about this. Um, uh, Tuesday night before the game against the Pistons, we find out, you know, it was found out on Twitter and then got confirmed via text, but I'm in the middle of my pregame show and we're just getting set for tip off. We find out that 
Vooch makes the all-star team. And then Paul Porter announces it in arena as he's doing the introductions. I almost had like a tear in my eye. Like I was so happy for Vooch. I was so, and it, it, I had been emotionally invested in it. You know, we've been, um, we've been talking on our radio show and on podcasts about how Vooch deserves to be an all-star. Clearly he does. Um, but we've been sort of, you know, Dante and I, and, and all of us been sort of pouring into that for you. I mean, you got here June 29, 2012. Vooch gets here August 10, 2012. So I'm not sure there's anybody better to ask about the development of Nikola Vucevic than Matt Lloyd. How proud are you of, of what he's become? Um, and what's the journey been like watching Vooch become a, a two-time All-Star now? Yeah, it was so it was such a great moment because you start to think about it and and like I've seen every single game that guy's played for the Orlando Magic yeah. in his in, in the except 90s. last night. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'll, I did watch it already though. <laughs> okay, I already watched okay. it. All right, yeah. just not live. Got it. Yeah. So, um, uh, to, you do get kind of like, wow, this is this is so cool. The guy, you know, works so hard. He he really um, redeveloped his game and he developed his game and then he redeveloped his game and, and he's gotten to this point where he's a two-time all-star and that's something that you know when you make the all-star team for the second time that that means something yeah. you know and and it's it means that the the league is recognizing you for your your greatness and I was just so happy for him and really so happy for the entire organization because it's something that we can all be be so proud of like you know he had we re-signed him as a rookie. We, he signed this, this, he re-signed uh, after his, his rookie contract extension because he likes living here. He likes representing the magic he, and he wants to win, you know, and he's, uh, he's done such a good job of becoming the player and, and really becoming the person that he is now. Everyone, you know, he's a, he's a go-to guy and, and uh, in many ways on and off the floor. He can keep getting better, can't he? I mean, his game, it's, you know, it's not, it, it, it's not based on, uh, explosive athleticism. I mean, it, it feels like I've, I've compared him to Paul Gasol for a while now. It just feels like, you know, Paul gr- aged very gracefully into the early part of his thirties. Um, and sometimes with big men, you got to worry about injuries, obviously, but he, you know, it, everything's so smooth and it, he's not dunking on people's heads. He can keep getting better and keep playing at this level for another five, six years. Right. Yeah, and think about this over the think about the evolution of his game too. It, yep. it's the last um, I call it four years or so, he's gone from you know shooting like four threes a game to to shooting six. Yep. You know, and and the the first round of the playoffs last year against Milwaukee, it really um, that really like I think it opened his eyes. You know, just in the impact that he could have at shooting you know higher volume of threes, and um, yeah, his game is going to continue to evolve and grow and. The, you know, he's been with Steve now for this, this, this many years and, and these three years and, and Steve has done such a good job of kind of unlocking his game and, and him, he's bought in, you know, so he's just such a great represent, representative of the organization and we're all so, so proud of him. Do you read trade rumors on the internet? You know, it's, I mean, you can't avoid it nowadays. Like it's, they're just in your face the whole time. It's, uh, and this is the, that time of year, you know, where you see it just constantly. It's a constant stream. Silly season as Stan Van Gundy used to, used to refer to it. I I find it interesting. I, I, I wonder if, um, if there are sort of like information groups, you know, across the league, like I, I don't think it would probably be a good use of your time to sift through and say, I believe that one. I don't believe that one. I believe that one. But I do think, you know, at some point you have to at least be aware of what people are reporting. And obviously, you know, you guys need to get into, okay, who fed this to, to who and all that um, sort of espionage, I guess. 
but I've just always wondered if people in front offices are um, are reading the same crap that we're <laughs> that we're reading on Twitter. Yeah, I think like um, someone described it a long time ago as as you know reading the Wall Street Journal every morning if you're an investor mm. and. You know, you kind of have to stay abreast of what's going on. And, and um, some of that is exactly right. You know, it's, some of it is a plant and you got to be able to see, to see what the, the message really is when you're, when you're looking at it. And um, I think it is kind of silly season and that's a good way to put it. Um, and just not getting caught up into too much of like what, you know, who said what, when, where, why, and how, right. and just knowing what you want to do and, and having a goal and then setting out and attempting the, the best you can to accomplish that goal. And it's such a good, um, you know, like we're, we're lucky here, Jeff, Jeff Wellman, John Hammond, they do such a good job of, you know, managing that, that sort of thing and, and understanding where it's coming from and, and communicating with people across the league. They, they have great relationships and those relationships are never more valuable than they are right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can imagine th- having people that you trust, even if they're not necessarily on your team uh, or within your organization is a good way to slice through some of that. Um, all right. Tell me about the bubble. It's, you know, you mentioned we're lucky to have it in our backyard. Um, it's, it feels like it's going really well. It's, it's obviously going to be short lived, but um, we've all had our eyes on, on the magic and it feels on the Lakeland magic. And it feels like, the G League is just in a really, really good spot. It feels like this thing is ready to take off. And it's not just the Ignite team. There's a whole bunch of talent play, playing down there right now, isn't there? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And, it's, it's, and you know, it plays out every night. And, and we're watching guys that were the conference player of the year, um, you know, McDonald's All-Americans, uh, you know, very good college players. And it's such a, it's such a good example and, and, and thing to point to about how good the NBA is right now. There's, there's so much basketball talent everywhere and it's our responsibility to continually monitor that talent and really understand where it is and how it can you know augment our team or or how they could help our team but there's talent everywhere and our our job is to to continually sift through that talent and 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 find ways that we can find put guys in positions to succeed with the magic and uh the g league is i mean there is a lot of good players in that league this year and, um, you know, I would encourage our fans to, to kind of pay attention to the Lakeland Magic. They have – we've reached the halfway point of the, the G League, the abbreviated G League season, the 15-game season, and those guys are out there, um, and, and they're, they're giving it their all too. And we have our two-way player, Kareem Mane, is down there, um, and he's really taken steps and gotten better over the course of the, of the G League season. And being – the entire league is just lit to pop. Like it's such a, it's such a cool thing. Um, and the G league ignite program is, has really been fun to watch grow as well. Yeah. Is that, you know, what are your thoughts on sort of the landscape of, of college basketball, where it is now rule changes, potentially it's a different game than it was maybe even 10 years ago. Um, and I think the G league has something to do with that. I think international basketball has something to do with that. Obviously, the one and done rule, the, um, you know, putting it in and then eventually removing it. Um, where is college basketball in your head right now? Is it in a good place? I think it's, it's all levels of basketball in a really good place. Um, and, and we're just seeing this, like, explosion of, of talent that's kind of come into the NBA. And, and that, that explosion of talent that's come into the NBA is because the programs that are at the levels just below the NBA are – are so well, are so good and they're so competitive and they're so well run. And, um, you know, we're, we're just in a, in a, we're seeing a shift and, and maybe it's, um, 
maybe it's due to the to the pandemic and there's there's more options and and there's going to be more options coming and that's just going to force everyone to be better and that's the exciting thing to watch is that everyone's going to get better I wanted to ask you about sort of the overall, I guess, direction of the franchise. Um, John Hammond did a radio interview last week and he was asked about the long and short-term vision. And he, he basically said, look, like we understand that, you know, when we show up every day, the goal is not to win some games and be competitive. The goal is to win an NBA championship. And we all keep that in the front of our mind. Um, and then when you have a season like this, where like two of your franchise cornerstones, one heading into the season or before the season even started, and then another after a six and two start, go out and they're going to miss the year. I have to think it sort of obscures the way you view things. Like does, does the overall philosophy change when guys like Markel and J.I. go down and then you have to deal with injuries to guys like Aaron um, and Cole, or is it the same sort of marching orders every day when you show up to work? Yeah, I, I think for me, you know, that, that's such a good, it's such a good example of, of how good a leader John, John Hammond is, you know, like he's, he's always focused on, on both, everything that's going on the short term, the long term, And, you know, our, our expectations are to, to always kind of put everyone in a position to succeed and to grow and to come together. And Jeff does such a good job of communicating that to, to every level of, of the organization. So the coaches, the players, we all understand that, you know, our responsibility is to do our job and our job fits into the grand scheme of things, you know, and the grand scheme of things is to, to make the organization better a little bit at a time every single day. Um, and you know, I think you know, we didn't really plan on these injuries. It, it's unfortunate that they happened. Um, but there's also opportunities for, for players to, to kind of accelerate their growth too. We've seen, you know, like, uh, Jumo Kiki's a rookie and he had missed all of last year. He was rehabbing and, and, and playing for the Lakeland and on the Lakeland magic roster. Um, and so he's going to get opportunities to grow that may not have been there if those injuries hadn't occurred. And so, there's always opportunity in every occasion and every situation. And, and, and it's our responsibility to grasp those opportunities and, and make the best of it. Yeah. That's kind of the silver lining, isn't it? You, you expedite the, um, the development process for a Cole Anthony, uh, if, if nothing else. Right. And, and he gets thrown into the deep end and, and he's going to have to fight through it. Um, obviously the injury to him is, is a setback, but um, gosh, you saw right before he went down. I mean, it, every game it felt like he was gaining confidence and, and growing and limiting mistakes and starting to accentuate his strengths. Um, and you see that with Chuma as well. If nothing else, there are there are silver linings when uh, when your top guys go down. Yeah, and and that's just you know that's a, a product of you know the coaches putting those guys in positions to succeed and to growing their games and and growing them as people too. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate that the injuries happen and, and our performance team will do the best job possible to get them back and, and, and to be at 100%. But at the same time, we have to kind of focus on what's happening today and what's happening tomorrow and then what's happening a month from now and, and a year from now. So it's a it's always a delicate balance, but at the same time, it's it's a fun and exciting, you know, adventure every day. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I think that's what gets lost in translation when people are on Twitter saying, um, you, you know, trade the veterans and, uh, and, and add some draft picks and do this. And, and you know, you, this team has a ceiling, blah, 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 blah. When, when you're Matt Lloyd, you show up every day and you try to make the team a little bit better that day. And you don't think about 30,000 feet. You don't think about a year from now, two years from now. Um, yes, you've got in the back of your head, like, oh, these guys are coming out and it would be great to be able to add one of these guys. But you have to sort of do it inch by inch, day by day.
by day, um, whereas other people want to fix everything um, all at once. And that's kind yeah. of the conversation that you end up hearing, I guess. That's right, Jake. It, it's, it's, and it's so important. And, and that's the thing that, that I kind of grasp onto every day too, is, is that um, there's always an opportunity to find something that'll help us win, you know, right. and, and, and we're lucky to, to be here with, with the group of, of, and the staff that I work with and, and, and Jeff and John in particular, you know, they're, they're the ones charged with making these monumental and massive decisions. And, and it's not me that has to go out and explain it to the media. When, when we make a decision, it's Jeff. And my responsibility is to put him in position to succeed by giving him as much information as we possibly can. And our scouts giving him as much information as he possibly can to make those, uh, to make those really difficult decisions. Last thing, Matt, and this, this loops back to what we were talking about being in arena as, as you scout, are there, are there personality types that, that you're attracted to when you're scouting a player or, or is it more like you want a good mix of different personalities? Cause I see, you know, people talk about Chuma a lot um, and, and his teammates are like, no, he's a lot, he's a lot more outgoing and funnier than you guys see. But when he's in front of the media, he is a reserved sort of calm guy and then Cole Anthony is the complete opposite right and so I would think having both of those personalities in a locker room would be good because you want that balance but I wonder like does Matt Lloyd find himself like attracted to Cole Anthony's (laughs) like when you go back and think about it like yes I've always I've always wanted the the uh outgoing outspoken guys on my team or vice versa yeah and and I think that the trick to that is to not get too locked into a singular um trait a, a singular trait yeah, yeah. exactly exactly and, and to have like a, a range and a wide spectrum of of different personality types and 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 different playing skills and that's the big puzzle of putting this all together and it's in you know the the, the coaching staff they're 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 a really um they're a really good group man they they can they can handle a lot of different things and, and manage a lot of different things and they've done such a good job and and we've seen it with nick and evan and Aaron and um, Markel and, and, and T Ross, they, they, they find ways to put guys in positions to succeed and, and, and to be comfortable, um, not only on the floor, but, you know, looking at the, their personalities too, and how they communicate with people. So, um, you know, I think that it's, it's, it's a good question. And, and I think it's the, the, the best answer is that we're, we're looking for, uh, you know, every site, every single, every different type of person that we can find um, and, and really getting a sense of who they are. And no one is, um, everyone's different and, and no one should be, there's no absolute no's and, and there's no, um, you know, there's, there's the, the challenge is just finding out as much as we possibly can about them. So we, when we introduce them into the mix, we know what what we what we what we are to expect yeah you could be you could be a good samaritan the greatest guy ever if you can't play (laughs) yeah i don't don't think they have much use for you uh it's a basketball business first and foremost um but i do people always talk about how important getting to know somebody is um and especially and i think that's probably what's getting lost right now is that face-to-face, even over a Zoom, it's, it is difficult to, to really get a read on somebody without having that sort of one on taking a guy out to dinner and, and having that experience, isn't it? Yeah, and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get those opportunities at some point. I'm, I'm convinced of it. At, at some point, there'll, there'll be a return to normalcy and we'll be able to, um, you know, to, to gain that like one-on-one time with the guy. And so uh, I'm not really worried about that. And, and, uh, it's, it's, there's always, there's, everyone's different. You're different. I'm different. Um, and, and just kind of putting the group together in a way that balances everything, you know? And so everyone's kind of pushing in, in the lawnmower in the same direction and rowing the boat in the same direction at the same time. And 
that's the real challenge. And, um, you know, we're lucky we have leadership that, that really uh, um, drives that, that, that type of direction for the team on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate the time. I know it's a busy time of year for, for you, as, 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 as we always say. Matt Lloyd, Assistant General Manager of the Orlando Magic. Matt, thanks so much. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon, okay? Thanks so much, Jake. I really appreciate the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. There he is, Matt Lloyd. Jake Chapman here with you. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Jake Chapman OM. I'll be back next week with another edition of the Magic Weekly Podcast. Until then, stay safe, everybody. <laughs>